getting ready to start right here, right now. Good morning from Nashville. Hope you're feeling all right. We came and we saw what we could. Put up a hell of a fight. We fell hard in Nashville. But the time wasn't right. To have a moment so fleeting. You think you'll always have more. You took my hand and you smiled as you said, please don't call anymore. I know that it hurts you. And it all felt so heavy as you danced out the door. It ain't easy. Wow, that was Josh Smith and Handsome and the Humbles with Good Morning from Nashville. And, you know, I've really got to get Josh Smith on this Brian Hornback experience, which is formerly called the Brian Hornback, um, which is formerly called the Brian Hornback podcast, which was formerly for one episode called the Brian Hornback 30. But it is the Brian Hornback experience here on um, here now on the Brian Hornback podcast, the Brian Hornback experience. But anyway, that was Josh Smith and the handsome and the humbles with good morning from Nashville. And it's very important that we start with Josh Smith's Josh Smith's handsome and the humbles. Good morning from Nashville, because the guest I have on right now is Justin Cornett. Justin Cornett and I have become friends many, many years ago. According to the Book of Faces, we were friends five years ago on the Book of Faces, but it was primarily through Heather Hensley, who is maybe known as a Democrat. I'm known as a Republican. Justin is known as a Libertarian. So for those of you that follow either Heather Hensley, Brian Hornback, or Justin Cornett on Facebook, you've seen posts that talk about the tripartisan caucus. Well, the tripartisan caucus is Justin Cornett, Heather Hensley, and Brian Hornback. Justin, how are you, brother? I am doing so very well, Mr. Hornback. How about yourself? I'm good, and you can drop you can drop the Mr. Hornback because my father's still alive, and my <laughs> and my older brother's still alive. So it's going to be a long time before I get to the Mr. Anyway, <laughs> just Justin has helped start and i say start but i think he's a one-man show although he gives credit to josh urkel and a few others an organization called for all tn so for those of you on the internet you want to go to f-o-r-a-l-l-t-n.org for all tn.org and what they call this is a new breed of nonprofits dedicated to correcting the imbalance between people and their government. So I think Justin Cornett is probably the number one guy that's kind of leading this effort, although he's got some folks that are helping him. 
And you can go check out their website, foraltn.org. And I'll repeat that multiple times throughout this 30-minute podcast on the Brian Hornback experience. But, Justin, tell us about foraltn.org. Well, um, yeah, I, I, it is almost a one-man show. Um, Josh Eckle has uh, built our website out. Uh, helped a lot with establishing some systems and stuff, but um, most, all the lobby work is on me. So uh, awesome! It's, it's mostly a one man show, but yeah, um, the organization is uh, a, a different animal than what you see in the policy making space um, and, and nonprofit space. Um, unlike. Of most organizations, what most organizations want you to do is uh, buy into whatever agenda they set. You know, right. I mean? uh, like you know, name a nonprofit that pushes policy, and they didn't ask you what your opinion was. They just said, "Here's what we think. You should think it too." You know so, what I mean? So, in other words, if I make gadgets or gadgets, gidgets or gadgets, um, and I hire. XYZ lobby firm to promote gadgets and gadgets, then that's what that law, that firm is supposed to do. They're supposed to go and they're supposed to advance legislation for gadgets and gadgets. Is that correct? Yep, that's correct. Uh, and, you know, in a non policy or nonprofit space, it's typically going to be something like, uh, you know, a criminal justice reform oriented group or a or, group that's really centered around health care or like, 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 ten- like, that, like right? Tennessee Right to Life or Planned Parenthood, both, both sides of that issue, right? Right. And they right. figure out what the path should be and all those fun things. And, you know, you don't get a say in those things. Like the NRA is an organization. All of us like our guns. Oh, we love our guns. Absolutely. The NRA understands it would be out of business if it succeeded in its mission. And it's arguable as to whether or not you, that's why you get a mixed bag from the NRA. Um, so. We do things quite a bit differently. So, we, tell, so tell us about how foralltennessee.org does things differently. Tell us about that. Well, I, the biggest thing is the, the organization itself doesn't have an agenda. We don't have bills that we are trying to get everybody to buy into and all that. Uh, what we do is we identify uh, policies that empower people or limit government. Uh, and we put an explainer out there and then we ask people, is this something you would like to have us work? Uh, and over a year's time, we have a lot of conversations about a lot of issues. And then all of our members get a ballot and they get to vote. And what they vote for is what we end up doing. And this is your second year doing this, correct? Because you, you had your first year last year, right? That's correct. Uh, we started uh, in during session, right at the beginning of session last year. So let's talk about a couple. Well, I've, I've got a list here of several bills, but let's let's talk about the first one: minor party ballot access. And I think uh, I think the the bill that's probably going through the legislature right now is uh, is the ballot access bill, and that's House Bill 20, 2067 by. Bud Halsey, am I correct on that? 
that is correct. The House bill is starting to move this week. Um, the and that, that's bill, it. we're gonna and that's wait. in that's in the state and local um, local government committee, correct? Yeah, you, there's a couple guys out of the Knoxville area in, on that committee. Uh, Who Dave are they? Wright, Dave Wright and Eddie Manis. Great. All right. Uh, both of which are supportive of this piece of legislation. But yeah, uh, this bill is kind of uh, near and dear to my heart it's the one that i wrote all by myself <laughs> and uh, I, it's a it's a good bill um last year we had a person that is on the gop sec and a regional coordinator for the democratic socialists both calling democrats and republicans respectively and asking them to support this bill so uh that's the kind of stuff that we want to do we want to have these bipartisan not bipartisan these populist almost uh like the people want it and that's why we want to work it kind of things so what this bill does in tennessee if you want to run for office uh and you want to run uh with a d an r or an i by your name on the ballot you got to go out and collect 25 signatures if you want any other letter by your name uh c for constitution party p for the patriot party if Don, donald trump wants to start that <laughs> g for green whatever you have to go out and collect 56,082 signatures uh, to give you an idea of how difficult that is. The Republican Party in Maine uh, was trying to get a referendum put on the ballot up there, uh, and they needed somewhere around 50,000 signatures to get it done. They spent $750,000 and failed. And that's wow. an incredibly well-organized Republican Party in Maine. So they, they spent three quarters of a million dollars and couldn't get it done. Correct. Wow. That, that is correct. So it, it's a it's the fifth highest number in the country uh, versus our population. Ours is the most disproportionate of any state. Um, the only states that require more signatures than us are all much more populous, uh, populated than us, including our two most populated states, California and Texas. Most states hover around 15,000, 12,000, somewhere in that neighborhood. Florida requires zero signatures. So the, the idea is the reason that the, the law is like this now is because um, they didn't want competition, really, but they also wanted a nice, clean ballot. They didn't want 4,000 different parties on it. Why, but, why, why would my party, the Republican Party, which is pretty strong in Tennessee, why would my party object to this? Because they worry that it could lessen their grip on power. Okay. That's legitimately the only reason. We had a state rep um, uh, speak against the bill last year. Um, Johnny Shaw, who's a Democrat, talking to Bud Holsey, our Republican sponsor. Uh, yeah, and, and, he, and he is the sp Bud Holsey out of out of the Tri-Cities, is the sponsor of HB 2067. Yeah, uh, yeah, Sullivan County, and one of, one of my favorite guys up there in all seriousness. But uh, Johnny Shaw decided that he was going to speak against Bill last year, and I'm paraphrasing, but he essentially said, um, if we pass this bill, 
people might vote for these other two uh, other parties when everybody really fits into either a Democrat or Republican party, um, whether they realize it or not. But I don't think we should pass this bill, Mr. Sponsor, because it will take votes away from your party and my party. The your party and my party thing is 100 percent verbatim. Well, so, as a Republican, I have lots of respect for Johnny Shaw, but that's just asinine. So anyway. It, it is. Let, let's and let's it's move America, and that's right. not the way the world's supposed to work here. Let's move on to the automatic criminal record expungement uh, bill, which I believe your um, the the bill that you're really following close is House Bill. Let me look at it real close here. Uh, my friend William Lamberth is the co-sponsor on that, and is that forty six seventy nine? It's going to be a uh, judicial. I think his is sixteen ninety seven. Sixteen ninety seven. Well. My my green sharpie covered up the six and made me think it was a four. But anyway, that's going to be in finance. That's going to be in judiciary finance ways and means. Let's talk yeah. about that bill for just a little bit. Yeah, that bill's already passed the necessary. Oh wow, that's awesome. Why it's waiting on finance right now. So, um, and provided it gets funding, it's through the house and it's going to start moving in the Senate this week. Um, but that bill is. A, a very minor bill around expungement. It's not automatic expungement, but what it does is it clarifies existing code to make sure that everybody knows that it's just one uh, expungement that you're eligible for. And this bill specifically prevents the scenario where you are arrested and you're convicted and the offense you have is expungeable, uh, but you got to wait five years to get it expunged. And you're four years into it and you get a new offense like a DUI that is not expungeable. Mm. This, this bill prevents the first offense or, or protects the first offense so that you can still get it expunged. Okay. That's really all it does. Uh, so it, it's a, it's a nice bill. It doesn't, we don't expect a lot of resistance on this one. Um, so we kind of think that we get this one through. The other expungement bill is a much bigger chore. Yeah. Democrat-led bill. It is automatic expungement, and it creates a sealed records vault. So Yeah, you've got, you've got, you've got uh, Senator Ackberry and uh, House, House um, sponsor uh, London Lamar on the other bill. You've got uh, John Lundberg and... Uh, my friend William Lamberth on the other bill. So, uh, you know, kudos to uh, all for Tennessee for getting my friend William Lamberth, the majority leader, uh, to sponsor that bill. Uh, so, you know, you got you got you take, you got to take small bites at the elephant, not the donkey. You got to take small bites at the elephant on that one. No, no, yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I, in fairness, that I found that bill as I was reading bills that were coming out, and with expungement being one of our topics, it was more that we adopted it than we asked him to sponsor it. Right, um, right. But yeah, same thing. I, I, I get the. I get to talk to him and count votes and all that fun stuff. So good times. Hey, you, the great thing is there's a couple of folks in the Tennessee house on my side that I don't particularly care for, but I, I like uh, William Gary Lambert, uh, the majority leader on the, on the house side. Now let's talk about decriminalizing marijuana. Uh, certainly not a, uh, a substance that I have participated in over my years, although I've been told that I probably should. Uh, but uh, you've got, you've got, You've got a couple of interesting folks on these bills. You've got Sarah Kyle from this uh, Senate bill, 1973, and you've got Bruce Griffey. 
Yep. Really? You've got Bruce Griffey on House Bill 1634 yep. on decriminalizing uh, marijuana. So talk to us about that one. Believe it or not, this is Bruce Griffey's idea. Really? Bruce Griffey's bill. Uh, wow. He asked Miss Kyle to, to sponsor it. Um, but the bill, really, all it does is put the question, put three questions on the next governor's ballot. That's correct. Um, in an advisory referendum. So the question, so, so the questions are: Should the state of Tennessee legalize marijuana? That's question one. The question two is: Should the state of Tennessee decriminalize possession of less than one ounce of marijuana? That's question two. And the third question is: Should the state of Tennessee legalize and regulate? Commercial sales of recreational use of marijuana. Go ahead, Justin. So, yeah, it puts those three questions on the ballot. It is. It does not create law. It, it is literally just a poll on the ballot so that our legislators know what it is that the voters in this state actually think instead of speculating on it. And Bruce Griffey told me that his logic in this bill was he's, he's against it personally. But he thinks that people should be able to make the decision on this. And uh, this is a way for them to weigh in without creating law. It would still let the legislature shape the the outcome, but it would allow the people to weigh in on it. Um, and for all those reasons, uh, we are working our butts off on this bill, actually. Wow. Um, and it got rolled last week um, because there's debate over whether or not the bill itself is legal. Putting a poll on the ballot mm. is a legal act. Well, we've, uh, we, we've done that before, though, right? I don't know. I don't know the history on that one. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean we, we've placed items on the, on the ballot before. It's taken a number of years, but I mean, I know we've, we, we've placed the question of, of um, lottery on the ballot before. We've placed the issue of of uh, right to life on the board uh, on the ballot before, so I mean, were they were they advisory or did they actually? Yeah, create law? they actually created law, I think. So, so that's so that's, I'm, that's I'm, I, I may be talking out of my backside on that one. Well, I don't know. Um, there's debate up there. So um, what happened is, um, the day before it was supposed to run in subcommittee last week, um, my someone started circulating a. A, a AG opinion, attorney general opinion from 1983 that Jeez. basically said that what Griffey was doing wouldn't work or they were using it to say Not, that. 1983, but, I was a, a junior in high school in 1983. <laughs> I was five. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but um, it, they, the statement in question references a Senate or a joint resolution uh, not an actual bill, um, so it really doesn't apply. And Griffey's found a second one where um, the a second attorney general opinion that backs his play a little bit. But this mm -hmm. week I'm going to be spending my time trying to make sure that uh, everyone on the subcommittee is confident and comfortable that this is a legally binding bill um, because we have the votes in subcommittee. Right. Um, We've got six out of eight. Well, let, so, let, let's move on to the next one, which is eliminate, limit, eliminate civil assets, asset forfeiture. Now, over the five, six, or ten years we've known one another, you and I have disagreed on this issue, but I believe the issue that you and I 
or I believe the issue that y'all are probably closest on is Senate Bill 260, which is sponsored by my wife's lifelong neighboring farmer, Frank Nicely, and uh, and House Bill 59, which is uh, Rusty Grills, I believe. Correct. And, and that is the bill that would revoke the $500 or $350 bond required by a property owner before a property can be ordered or can contest a seizure. Seizure. It would be nice if I could talk after the Daytona 500, but go ahead and tell us about that bill. Yes, sir. Uh, so, yeah, that is probably uh, the one that's most likely to get through. Um, it's a carryover from last year. Uh, we worked it. We were able to get it through the necessary committees, and then it uh, didn't get financed last year, but it's still there waiting on finance this year. Uh, so we're going to see if we can get it funded this year because that's where we're at on that particular bill. Uh, we do have another bill on civil asset forfeiture, which – Civil asset forfeiture, if I may, anybody yes. that doesn't know what it is, criminal asset forfeiture is when you're Pablo Escobar and they <laughs> convict you of selling drugs and they take your property and auction it off and put that money back into the police force or the community or whatever. That's what criminal asset forfeiture is. Go, go, go ahead and talk about Knox County. I, kn I know you're dying to. <laughs> go ahead. Civil asset forfeiture is where they take your stuff and they don't necessarily have to charge or convict you of a crime to do it. Uh, what they do is they say, oh, Brian, I see you've got $2,000 in your car as you're driving uh, down the street with a taillight out. I think you're going to go buy drugs with that $2,000. So I'm just going to take that and you can come back and explain to us how it was not um, it, going to be used illegally. The, fan, the fantastic was. news about that is that they would never find two thousand dollars on Brian Hornback. <laughs> you don't ever buy anything off of uh, Craigslist. Never. I never. Yeah. I never have two thousand dollars cash on me. You know that, Justin. We've known each other for seven years. <laughs> I don't ever. I don't think I've ever known you to touch money. <laughs> exactly. That's what, that's why I have a debit card, my friend. That's why I have a debit right. card. Well, at any rate, yeah. So we we kind of think that police should at least have to charge or convict you of something before they take your property from you. There are people out there that disagree and there are circumstances out there where it's probably appropriate uh, right. to take stuff from somebody right. because if they've know, got, if they've got 10 grand, maybe no, 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 they no, oh, and no amount okay. of money is fair. Okay. Jerry Sexton, you know, who Jerry Sexton is. Uh, oh, unfortunately, unfortunately, I know about Jerry Sexton from Bean Station. Yes, I'm aware. Go ahead, Justin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had a he had a friend that was uh, had a greenhouse, uh, like you know, <laughs> grew and sold plants uh, for a nursery or whatever, and it took some cash to go down to Texas uh, or something to go and buy stuff, and ended up getting pulled over and having that money confiscated and his business ended up in ruin and stuff because he couldn't get the money back. So I'm, no, I I'm sure, I'm sure that necessarily I'm is. sure that's what was coming out of Granger County. But again, I will, my friend, well, my, my friend, my friend who I, who I used loosely, Jerry Sexton from Bean Station. I will, I will give him the benefit of the doubt because he is a preacher um, I will give him the benefit of the doubt that his friend was really doing a legitimate business. Let's talk about the last one, which is, 
Oh, I'm sure Jerry. You don't think that the preacher would tell you that, do you? I'm sure Jerry. I'm sure Jerry or his wife Marsha will call me after this podcast. Uh, let's talk about the last part, the the last bill, which is restrict facial recognition and data collection. And I have no idea between the Senate Bill twenty six. I don't. Man, my eyes are failing me this late in the night. Twenty ninety six by Bell. Mike Bell, you got Mike Bell on the Senate Bill. Oh and, yeah, and, and, and House Bill and, and, and House Bill Rusty Grillis, and then you got Senate Bill with uh, with another good conservative Roberts uh, out of the Senate and Grills on the House. So you really like Mr. Grills out of the House, and you really like Mike Bell and Mr. Roberts out of the Senate. Go ahead and tell us about restricting uh, facial recognition and data collection. So. Um... Like I said, with uh, how we do things, we threw the idea out of restricting or banning facial recognition technology to our members, and they came back. I don't think there was anybody that said that we shouldn't work that. I think everybody wanted us to work on that. Did, did, I, so, did, I, did I answer that one on your, uh, on your, on your questionnaire? You uh, did. Do you want uh, me to pull it up? No, 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 no. We don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, did, did, Heather, did Heather answer that question on your at any rate, um, I, I went and did a little homework, and I found uh, legislation that had been passed in New Hampshire uh, that would ban um, law is, enforcement. Is, is that the home of Chris Christie? No, that's New Jersey. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, New Hampshire is the live free or die state. Oh, so, you're, you're, you are correct. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so... Um, no, they banned it up there, and I took their piece of legislation, and I took another uh, piece that had passed in Texas that was like consumer protection piece. And my original plan was just to combine the two into one bill and run it like that. And I went into Mike Bell's office, and I presented him these ideas, and he looked at both of them and said that they needed to be divided up and grabbed that New Hampshire one and said, I'll get this one drafted up because I want to do this. I was like, yep, that's why I wanted to come in here and hope that you would say that. Mike, Mike <laughs> Bell is a good guy. My uh, former co-worker from a, from a three-time ago uh, former employer – she graduated from high school with Mike Bell. I'm not going to mention the employer or the person's name, but Mike Bell's a good guy. Um, who else was I thinking was a good guy on this list? But anyway, um, th there was another one on here that I thought was a good guy. Well, Frank, my 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 wife, my wife, uh, her family farm was beside Frank Nice's farm. So Frank Frank's a good guy. I can't I can't refute that. But there was. I think there was another one on here that I really liked, but anyway, oh, William Lambert. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I I like our majority leader. There's there's a few people in the in in the House GOP that I'm not fond of, but you know, I'm not going to name names today. But I will say that William Lambert and Cameron Sexton are at the top of my list. Uh, so if you've got William Lambert, Frank Nicely. And Mike Bell on your list, then then that's good news. The 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 thing is, Mike Bell is not running for re-election. Yeah. Uh, uh, also, our friend Bruce Griffey is uh, seeking a a uh, circuit court judgeship in yeah. his in his home county. Uh, not quite sure what Mike Bell is going to do, but we wish him well in whatever he's going to do. And uh, Justin Cornett, uh, we're at like twenty seven and a half minutes in. I have to end this in 30 minutes, but um, 
I do plan to have you back on before the end of session to kind yeah. of talk about these bills, where we've gone. I, I want to encourage people to go to forallTN.org. That's F-O-R-A-L-L-T-N.org where they can engage with your organization, a new breed of nonprofit dedicated to correcting the imbalance between people and government. Whether I'm a Republican, whether Gloria Johnson's a Democrat, uh, wait, 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 let me back up. Whether I'm a Republican or whether Heather Hensley's a Democrat, or whether Justin Cornett is a Libertarian, doesn't matter. The tripartisan caucus comes together and we work on issues that we can agree to disagree on. And on issues like, what was the one thing that I disagreed with most on the, oh, eliminate civil asset. Yeah, you're right. Civil asset. Well, I mean, I think you're going to be in the minority of your listeners here, Brian. I mean, most people, I think, would uh, side with me and think the police should have to you know what? you stuff before they take something. You know, you know what? It wouldn't be the first or the last time in the last 17 years that I've been in the minority <laughs> with the people that read BrianHornback.com or listen to the Brian Hornback experience. It wouldn't be the last time, and it ain't going to be the first time. But anyway, that's what I love about you, Brian. It doesn't matter. You're always going to be Brian. Wow. I, 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 need, I need to snip that out. You're always going to be Brian. I, I appreciate <laughs> you that. You have it. <laughs> anyway, we are, again, Justin, I thank you for being on the Brian Hornback Experience, uh, episode 61. And uh, we will talk to you again soon, sometime in the middle of session, sometime toward the end of session, maybe both. But uh, thanks for joining me tonight, brother. Sure, man. Thanks All right. A lot. We'll talk to you soon.